The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Please join me in prayer. Spirit of God who hovered over the formless earth and who again hovered over the womb of the Virgin Mary to bring life into the world. Give power to my words this morning and open up ears that they may hear the glories of your holy name. In Jesus' saving name we pray this. Amen. I have one simple hope this morning that you would hear words that that maybe you've heard so many times from Luke chapter 2 and often from the lips of children that, that you would hear these words again as if they were brand new. As if you were hearing them for the first time that your hearts may leap and that you may join in the angel's song this morning, Gloria in Excelsis. A reading from Luke chapter 2. I I welcome you and and invite you to follow along there on page 8. We'll be looking at verses 8 to 14 together this morning. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Think of it like this, that those Bethlehem hills are like a Broadway stage, and one at a time, the stagehand backstage is going to click them on with a loud boom, and those lights will will flood the hills like the hills have never seen before. Boom! The first light clicks on and the light is blinding because the angel of the Lord has come to bring good news. And this angel 
This angel is a little bit like that Mandarin duck in Central Park because the angel, this is a very rare appearance. I mean, yes, angels appear to people in the Old Testament throughout it. I mean, the angel appears to Hagar and to Abraham and to Moses. It does happen that angels show up and talk to people, but not very much. It is a very rare appearance. And so when the angel, boom, appears, the light is blinding. The first light is on. But just the first light. And then, boom! A second light goes on. And this light, too, is absolutely blinding because the glory of the Lord... The Shekinah is now shining down on those Bethlehem hills. And this is not like a mandarin duck. The glory of the Lord, you might say, is more like the dodo bird because it seems like the glory of the Lord had long ago gone extinct. Yes, in the Old Testament, it had appeared. And God, whenever the Shekinah would appear, whenever the glory of the Lord was there, He was going to save in His glorious power. And so the, the, the Shekinah would go before the Israelites as He led them out of slavery. Before them and after them. The fire and the cloud. And the Shekinah was there when the Lord appeared to Moses. And then in its glorious, fearful might, on Mount Sinai, the glory of the Lord was there too. And the people trembled. And that was only just the second light. Now we have not only the light of the angel of the Lord there, but we also are joined with the glory of the Lord and that light must have been blinding. And then, boom! Another light goes on. And there... In the whole sky is the angelic army. The whole host of heaven is shining down on those Bethlehem hills. And I got to tell you this, this is actually unprecedented in Scripture. Not like the Mandarin bird, rare, or the dodo bird, like it had gone extinct. But now, this is actually absolutely unprecedented. Yes, you will argue, Isaiah saw the court of the Lord, but that was a vision. And Job did too, but never in the history of the world and since, in real time, heaven reveal itself with all of its hosts. And i got to tell you this too. And it was not just thousands upon thousands of angels revealing themselves in real time. I mean, this is Revelation. 10,000 time, 10,000 angels shining down on those Bethlehem hills. I mean, that stage was absolutely lit. Can you imagine it? What that must have been like? The angel of the Lord was there. 
the Shekinah of the Lord was there. The angelic host was there. You know, I, I thought about this, and, and I even got a little bit scientific about it, and I thought, how many watts, if we could put it in, in those kinds of terms, how many watts were shining into the darkness of the shepherds that morning? My wife and I, we, earlier this week, we went to go see uh, Nutcracker, by the New York City Ballet, and it's almost become like a little bit of a tradition for us. And I read in the, in the program notes that the brightest stage lit on Broadway is the last moment of Nutcracker. You don't mind how many watts are shining down on those candy canes and those sugar plum princesses? A million watts are on that stage. You know what I think? I, I can't prove it because Luke doesn't tell us, but I think that that Broadway stage was dim. I think that that Broadway stage was dim in comparison to all of the glory and all of that wattage shining down by the angel of the Lord, the Shekinah of the Lord, and the angelic host all there in a moment. It must have been absolutely breathless. Do you realize what was happening on the side of that Bethlehem hill? I mean, do, you, do you really get it? All of heaven had come down to earth. Let me say that again, because I really want you to get this. All of heaven had come down to earth. I mean, what's missing from heaven? The angel of the Lord is there. The angelic host is there. The glory of the Lord is there. What's missing? Not even the Lord Himself. Not even His glorious throne. I mean, the Lord of glory, who with the Word had spoke into being creation itself, the Lord of glory who with His massive power sustains and holds together all things. The Lord of glory had abandoned His glorious throne in heaven. And now the Lord of glory lay in a manger. And the Lord of glory lay in swaddling clothes. The Lord of glory was there too. And so what is missing? Is any part of heaven missing on Christmas Day? No, all of heaven. All of heaven had abandoned its place and come down to earth. And that is just amazing. That is just stunning. Could it really be that heaven came to earth? Could it really be because, 
Because, and I thought about this too, I have never in my whole life, as much as I've tried, I've never been able to mix oil and water. As hard as I try, as hard as I mix, and I try to get those two things that are not the same to come together, I cannot get them to come together. How could it be that heaven came to earth? Especially when you think about this. Does, does light mix with darkness? Does life mix with death? Does something so pure and holy and divine mix with something so devastated and marred by sin? Can the divine that is absolutely immortal become something so limited and weak? How can it be? How can it be that all of heaven came down to earth? Some of you might be thinking, you know, this is a purely, like, theological question. Like, it's so esoteric, and maybe it's like just this fun thought exercise or, or philosophical exercise to try to, to figure out the mystery of Christmas that, that all of heaven came down to earth on that particular day. But I don't think it is. Because we could, we could, we could reframe the question and ask it in devastatingly personal terms. And we could think to ourselves, is God water and I'm oil? And, and, and is heaven interested in helping me out of my darkness? And, and does heaven care that I'm going to die one day? And, and is it possible for heaven in all of its holiness to come to me, to come to me such a profound sinner. How can it be? And, and when we start to think in these terms, in such devastatingly personal terms, we can begin to ask ourselves, you know what? Is God for me or is God against me? Because He is for me. Nothing can stop me. Nothing. Nothing at all. Not even, even my worst enemies. But if God is against me, if, if heaven cannot love earth, if, Kevin, if heaven cannot disperse the darkness, then, then all is lost. And, and I might as well just give up now. I think this question, can heaven come down to earth, matters, and, and it matters more than anything else, actually. It It, it matters. It matters more than what you're going to open under the tree later. It, it matters more than what's going to happen next year. It, it matters whether God loves us or not. 
and whether He's for us or He's against us. And the angels this morning, the angels give us the answer. And this is what they say. First they say, glory. Glory in excelsis. Glory in the highest heavens. And already there's a clue that heaven does care about our darkness and that heaven does care about our death and that heaven does care about our sin because when the angels sing about glory, you know what God's greatest glory is? His saving power. That He means to lift up those in the valley of the shadow of death. That He means to come to those and say, let me help you. I will lift you up. That He means to come to sinners and say to them, I will forgive you. The heavens sang Glory. And then they come out with it and they say peace. Peace to you. Because God means to do something for you to save you. And, and I need you to get this too, that, that when the angels were singing peace, that there's a little bit of a paradox there because this is an angelic army. Right? It's an army, and and if God wanted to, He could have sent that army to swipe us all out. But instead, He sends this angelic army to say what? To proclaim peace to His people. I wonder if the angels got it, though. I wonder if they knew just what God planned to do. I wonder if they pondered the prophecy of Isaiah. You know what it says? That the punishment that brought us peace that the angels were already proclaiming. I wonder if they understood the weight of God's glory. And I wonder if they understood the cost of that peace. And now on Christmas Day, isn't it funny? And now on Christmas Day, we're already talking about Good Friday. We have skipped ahead. But we have to, don't we? Because wrapped up in Christmas is Good Friday. I wonder, I wonder if the angels, if they got it, that that not too many years down the road they would no longer be singing songs of praise but songs of mourning because the Lord of glory was crucified to bring us peace. I I wonder if they knew that out of that shame and out of that death, Jesus the Christ would rise up again to proclaim peace as His work was finished 
I wonder if they got it the way we do. That Christmas is really just the beginning of all the saving acts of redemption for us. And then, the angels just as quickly, actually more quickly, and more suddenly than those lights had blinked on, they blinked off. And on that Christmas day, the shepherds were only left in their darkness with Jesus. And that's where we are today. We're left on that hillside in darkness with Jesus. The angel of the Lord is gone. The Shekinah no longer shines out from the dark night. And the angelic host has not decided to reveal itself. Not today. We are left in darkness with Jesus. Could it be that this child is our Savior? Could it be that this child is the one that will come to break into our death just brimming with life. Could it, could it be that this is the way that God is reaching out to us to lift us out of the shadow of the valley of death? Could it be that, that this child is the way out of sin and the gift of holiness? The angels answer yes. Yes, He is. Gloria, right? Peace. What a God. What a brother. And now you've got another pastor who just ran out of words again. There are no more words. Just this. Merry Christmas.